are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome to Devil's Talking Padres. Dominic Stern alongside with me is Bobby Murphy. And the Padres just dropped a two-game series to the Philadelphia Phillies, and they were one out away from being swept in that series. And the Phillies had come in ice cold, just like the Padres. So, unfortunately, the Padres, they just couldn't get anything going offensively in really just any game. And they end up losing a series that they pretty much needed to win because now, after the weekend's over, the Reds swept the Marlins, and the Padres are now out of a playoff spot as it stands right now. And as we were talking about just before we got on to the show, the the Potters' current playoff percentage was at 27% entering today because they have the hardest remaining schedule in baseball while the Reds have one of the easiest. So it's going to be an uphill climb for the Padres. Uh, Bobby, how are you doing today? And uh, what were your overall thoughts after the Potters lost the series? I mean, this is just such a disappointing series. After getting swept against the Rockies, I knew that we had to win two out of three in this series. And after Saturday's walk-off win, that was awesome. That was a super fun game to watch. And, I mean, thought it'd bring life back to this team. And, of course, they ended up losing the series on Sunday in the 7-4 loss. But, I mean, it's just tough. This is going to be a tough series against the Dodgers. I don't want to say fate of the season's on the line, but that's what it's going to feel like for every single series that comes up. So, it's going to be a tough series, and this is just a disappointing one. Yep. Uh, the Dodgers are like the last team I'd want coming to town right now, considering the way they're playing. They just won nine straight. They did lose on Sunday to the Mets, but I don't want to see a hot Dodgers team facing a cold Padres team. That sounds like the majority of our fandom. And as we all know, the series have never gone well with the exception of this year, but the Padres certainly aren't playing like how they had been entering those series. So let's talk about this past series against the Phillies. Padres dropped game one, Four to three after Blake Snell gave the Padres five innings of three earned runs. Game number two, the Padres came back to defeat Aaron Nola, who was absolutely phenomenal. After Jake Cronenworth hit a two-run home run with two outs in the ninth inning to tie it, and then the Padres won it in extra innings. And then in the final game, the Padres just couldn't get anything going offensively in the bullpen. It struggled, and really by bullpen, I mean Ryan Weathers and Miguel Diaz. And they, they tried to claw back in it late, but... It was too big of a deficit to overcome. Looking at it, game one, like I mentioned, Bobby, what were your thoughts in the 4-3 to three loss to open up the series? Both pitching was very good in this game. Now looks great. More, more looked solid, but the bullpen for the Phillies really picked it up. Got excited at the end. Padres scored a run in the eighth inning, but just really quiet game from the offense. Padres only had four hits in this game. Fan went 0 for 2. He did have three walks, though. Tatis went 0 for 3. Manny won for 5. Cronworth and Nola both went 0 for 5. Nola had 5Ks. He had a tough game. Padres had 10 walks in this game. We're getting base runners on base. Went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position and left 12 guys on base. And with scoring only three runs, that's a game that the Padres totally should have won. Snell looked fine. Five innings, two hits, three runs. I mean, if we can get that most of the times, I mean, I'll take that. But bullpen looks great. Johnson... Just had one walk, a strikeout, shutout, and then Adams shutout and then struck out two, but gone a lot of run. And then Tim had an, had an eight pitch ninth inning, but the offense was really quiet this game and probably just struck out 11 times. Yeah, walking 10 times and losing 
is pretty inexcusable. Walking 10 times and scoring only three runs is very inexcusable. Now, do I think the Phillies were effectively wild? No. I just think that the Padres didn't have an approach to hitting the ball in this game. It was rough to watch because they walked 10 times, but they only got four hits. Matt Moore, not a good starting pitcher. Hector Neris has been very inconsistent. And you looked at it in the sixth inning, the Potters had the bases loaded. They had just walked three times that inning. And the most previous walk was on four pitches. And then Tommy Pham comes up and swings at the very first pitch and grounds out. Albeit, Tommy Pham did walk three times this game. He had a good game, but he came up in a big spot and just absolutely failed. You know, if you work along at bat and you ground out, you can live with that. Okay, you, The result obviously sucks, but you can live with the process. Baseball, that's how it works. When you ground out on the first pitch after the batter previously walked on four pitches and there are three walks that inning, the batter before the last batter walked two, it was horrible. It, it was tough to watch. And then Tatis came up with the bases loaded in the eighth inning, got hit in the head. And then Manny Machado got absolutely screwed on a horrible call because Doug Eddings, who of course was the umpire in the Miami Marlins game earlier in the season where the Potters had 17 balls and strikes incorrectly called against them. He was the umpire for this game as well. Jace Tingler had to come out and protect Manny, but Manny still got ejected after the fact. This was ugly and they couldn't get it done in the ninth. Ian Kennedy, former Padre, haunting the Padres. You know, we've seen it all the time, but Blake Snell really just had one bad inning and it wasn't even a bad inning. It was a bad three batter stretch because after walking Gene Segura to lead off the inning, he retired eight straight batters, but then walked Segura again, then Rio Meadow hit a double and a Harper at a home run. It was the second left-handed hitter to hit a home run off Blake Snell this year. So he's been good in that aspect. This was another good outing. It, it just wasn't efficient, which is what we've seen from Snell and the result five innings, three runs isn't good, but you watched it and you felt good with what Blake Snow presented and you got to hope that he has similar stuff going up against the Dodgers on Wednesday. You got anything else about game number one? I'm not ready to go to number two. All right. Game number two. This was of course the game the Padres did win. They fell behind early when Oduba Herrera, hit a lead off home run on the second pitch of the game and the Padres, they were never winning this game until the final pitch of the game when Adam Frazier scored on a wild pitch, but in the seventh inning, the Potters got their first hit of the game after they got their first base runner in the game when Machado got a single up the middle, uh, tied the game up at one. Potters decided to keep Daniel Hudson in after he pitched really well into the seventh inning. The first batter got on. Uh, it was actually an Aaron Nola double. And I was sitting there like, man, if we lose because Aaron Nola got a double, that's not, that's not how we want to lose this game. Tim Hill came in. He got the leadoff batter out or his first batter out on a sacrifice bunt. And Tim Hill walked the next two guys and then hit a guy. And that was all she wrote for him. So he ended up surrendering a run. Then Austin Adams comes in, he gets the first guy out and then he hits a guy. And you're just sitting there like, come on, we can't get out of it. So they walk two guys that inning and then they hit a guy. And then they hit another guy. And that's how the Philly scored two runs, a double two walks, and then two hit by pitches. I can't think of a way to surrender two runs in a worse way. But the Potters didn't quit after Fernando Tatis Jr. walked in the ninth off Aaron Nola. Jake Cronenworth hit a two-run home run that was almost robbed by former Padre Travis Jankowski. I don't know what I would have done if Travis Jankowski robbed that home run because that would have been 
absolutely unreal, but it just would have been like the most Padres thing ever. And then in the 10th inning, the Padres got the win as well. What'd you think of this game? I mean, I, this game was such a thriller. I mean, I was watching this game with a bunch of our, our baseball fan friends and it was just so exciting watching Corona tie it. But before we get to that, I mean, Austin, Aaron Noel was absolutely amazing in this game. Perfect game into the six, eight and two thirds, 11 Ks, 117 pitches. I mean, shutouts over by the time he's pitching into the ninth. No hitters over, obviously. Perfect game's over. I think he stayed in too long. I know that I that's not our worry, but it seems like he might have stayed in too long. But it's just it was just so awesome seeing Corona hit that ball and tie the game up. That was awesome. And I was so scared in, in this inning, but I was jumping up and down, screaming like the entire Friar Faithful was. But Melanson, top 10, that was absolutely amazing. Stranding the guy in second, of course, with the extra inning rule, but that was huge for, for, Melanson, that was the second straight in and he threw 30 pitches and he went out there again and got the job done. But I mean, <laughs> another walk-off win for the Padres on a wild pitch and Grisham was up both times and just good awareness by Frazier to run and get the Padres a win, but super thrilling game. And uh, Padres have been waiting for a game like this to just turn our season around, hopefully. And that's what I was hoping, but this, this will be a huge series coming up. So that, that third loss, I mean, I mean, that, Last loss of the series really hurts, which we'll talk about in a sec, but super thrilling game here. And just want to thank Cronenworth for keeping us in it. Yeah. And you and I have talked about Mark Melanson a lot this year. I, I've stuck by him the entire year. You've, you've been, you've been there. You've also haven't been there, but Melanson pitched the ninth because he needed to get some work in and the Padres needed to save their other guys. He ends up locking the door down in the ninth gives the Potters an opportunity and then he comes back out for the 10th inning and he shuts it down again. He did walk two guys in his two innings, but Mark Melanson, 2.06 ERA, Potter sent him for $3 million. Legitimately do not know where this team would be without Mark Melanson. He's been that good for the Padres and they don't win this game without Melanson coming in in the 10th inning after he pitched the ninth inning and straining that runner on second base. That was absolutely huge for the Padres. He continues to be good, continues to show why he was an all-star this year. And after this game was over, I was just kind of sitting there and I didn't watch this game. I followed it very closely when I was at my friend's uh, football game because she cheers for the, uh, the indoor football team here in Arizona. I was following it closely and it was just one of those games where you're like, you can't lose this game. You're right there. You can't waste a Joe Musgrove bad outing when the starting rotation has been so bad of late. And they didn't. And they came back and you're like, all right, this is the type of win to turn the season around. The Padres were on the brink of falling a game behind the Reds. Then they crawled back to tie them. But then you give it away the next day. And, but you just felt like this was the win to get them turned around, but it didn't matter unless you won on Sunday, which they didn't do. And the Padres lost on Sunday, seven to four. They got out to an early lead after Trent Grisham and Fernando Tatis Jr. Let off the game with doubles. Oddly enough, Tatis's double didn't score Grisham after he doubled because it, Grisham had to make sure the shortstop didn't get the ball. And then when they threw the ball into the infield, Oduba Herrera threw it towards third base. So then Fernando got the second. But so two doubles didn't score the run there. Manny Machado had to hit a sack fly to get him in. And then the Potters would have got another run, but Jake Cronenworth lined the ball straight at the second baseman. Ball was hit well over 100 miles an hour. But Unlucky there for the Padres. They couldn't capitalize there. 
They stranded two more runners in the second and they stranded another runner in the third. They just couldn't get runs early. And then Ryan Weathers, he looked like how he had been looking over the last month or so. He struggled. He just couldn't locate. Uh, well, he was just missing off the plate. And then when he was missing over the plate, it was not on those corners. Like we're talking about, you know, it could be on the black, but it would be belt high. It could be down at the knees or at the letters, but it would be right over the middle of the plate. And you got to live in those corners of the strike zone. He wasn't doing that again. And then in the fifth inning, Reese Hoskins hit his second home run off Miguel Diaz. Diaz, for some reason, pitched three innings in this game. They're trying to extend them to try and like save some of the other arms, but just wasn't looking good in the seventh inning as he allowed two more home runs. And the Potters tried to claw back in the ninth when Austin Nola hit a bases clearing double. And then Trent Grisham came up to bat with Fernando Tatis Jr. on deck representing the tying run, but he struck out. They couldn't get it done. It was just a tough game. They had nine hits, four runs. You know, that that's good enough to win you a ball game sometimes. But uh when Ryan Weathers has been on the mound lately, the Potters have needed to score a ton of runs and uh He's not been good lately. There's no other way around it. And I just want to talk about that first. And it was great to see the Padres get early runs, but Padres had nine hits in this game after having four each of the first two games of the series. I'm surprised we even won the second game of the series with only four hits. But that first inning, I mean, it was just – I know the Padres have had a lot of great base running. I mean, a lot of steals this year and just a lot of heads-up base running, a lot of time, a lot of dumb base running. But Fernando getting to second on – I mean, that single double, I'm not, I'm not sure what they called it, but just great. It was double. It was, oh, it was double. Okay, well, he extended it to a double, and he had great base running, tying it up to third, which didn't end up, end up mattering because he didn't score, of course, but great base running by Fernando, Tati's Jr. there, and just the offense just went cold. I mean, nine hits in this game, like, I'll take that pretty much every game, but not scoring from the second to eighth inning really hurts. Three runs in the ninth is great. Love to see the fight in this team even if we didn't come back and win it. But, I mean, Stamon looked fine. I mean, no runs, two hits, two walks, and two innings isn't good. None of the runs scored. I'm not going to worry about that. But Weathers, Diaz did not look good at all. Diaz allowed three hits. All three, three of them were home runs, and he allowed four runs. Weathers allowed three in the two innings, five hits. He's just not been looking good at all his last few appearances. And just a really tough loss for the Padres here. Yeah, one that you – you realize there's some missed opportunities that kind of changed the way this game was managed. And then it, it fell apart. If the Padres score more than a couple of runs there in the first three innings, when they had those opportunities, you might be looking at it and say, all right, well, maybe you don't let Diaz come out for the seventh inning. Maybe Weathers only goes one inning. You, 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 these are ifs, obviously they're ifs. Like I, I'm not saying this for a fact, but they had an opportunity to really jump out in front of this game and they didn't. And then the Phillies, they're, they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. They're a good team. A lot of talent, especially on the offensive side, the Padres missed out on opportunities and they took advantage of that. And that's what happens. And today was a particularly tough day for the Padres because, you know, bullpen day, because some of the guys on the starting pitching staff are very injured with that being you Darvish and Chris Paddock, the Padres, they were rumored to be in on a lot of starting pitchers of the trade deadline. Ultimately didn't pull the trigger. Kyle Gibson, I'm sure was one of them. He owes eight innings, only one earned run. And the Padres didn't have that luxury. And then Cal Quantrill, a pitcher who the Padres traded away at the trade deadline last season. He goes seven scoreless on Sunday night baseball. 
and you're sitting there like, man, you wish those guys were Padres, but they aren't And the Padres currently find themselves in a struggling situation. Looking at Ryan Weathers after his game against Miami, where he went four scoreless, he had a two, seven, three ERA after today, when he pitched two innings, he is a five, two, seven ERA. So his ERA went up two and a half points in his last couple outings. And in his last four outings, he's allowed more earned runs than innings pitched. He went eight runs in four innings against Colorado in July, six runs in three innings against Arizona, the game you're at, six runs against Miami in his second time around, and then five runs in four innings at Coors this past week. And then on Sunday, three earned runs in two innings. So not good from Ryan Weathers. Unfortunately, the Potters don't really have any arms that are ready to get called up to replace them. So they just got to keep rolling with Ryan Weathers. And I was so, so high on Weathers earlier in, in the year. I mean, obviously, he's a rookie. He had that appearance in the playoffs last year. And that one appearance went on the hearts of Padres fans. And then he's phenomenal earlier in the year. And then he just fell off. And it's, it's just tough to see him go out there. I mean, I know how we all know how young he still is, but he's just been getting hit so hard and he has not given us a, you know, a quality appearance in a while, but he's just been hard to see him out there. And I just want him to be able to turn around, but obviously the Padres need him to turn around, but it just has, does not look like it's going to be happening soon. One thing I did want to talk about was just Saturday's game. I just wanted to give a little ha ha at Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, my dad texted me. He said, what is five strikeouts called? And I said, oh, maybe it's a platinum sombrero. I thought, I thought that was interesting, but Five strikeouts for McCutcheon on Saturday. That was uh, that was funny to see in the Padres walk-off win. I had not realized he had a platinum sombrero, but uh, that is a good catch by your father. Tough loss on Sunday. Like I said, lot, the loss on Sunday put the Padres outside of the playoff spot for the first time since June. When, when I saw it happen, I thought it was since April, but I forgot the one the Cubs were cracked out of their mind. They were actually in front of the Padres along with the Dodgers and Giants when shortly thereafter, the Padres went on their surge to have the best record in baseball. But the Padres are on the struggle bus. Uh, I think the season peaked when they swept the Dodgers at home. They're 23 and 26 since that time. And they're also four games below 500 since they swept the nine game homestand back when it was St. Louis, Seattle, and then Colorado. So Potters, they're not in a good spot right now. They got to find a way to shake things up. How, how do the Potters change things and start winning again, despite the tougher opponents? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've seen the Potters beat the tougher opponents all year. And I just want to see our starting pitchers go deeper into games. I know, like, with ha- having bullpen games once or twice a week is always tough. And if we don't have our starting pitchers go deep into games, I know Snow will go five innings, Musgrove can go six. Darvish has not been looking at his best his past few appearances but or his past few starts. But I just want to see starting pitchers go deeper in the games and just preserve that bullpen because we've been seeing the bullpen get hit hard. We've been seeing a lot of bullpen games and, God forbid, injuries to any guys in our starting rotation, but Darvish is coming off of one, and hopefully that he can look good right after that. If he gets hurt again, Padres' rotation will be absolutely screwed even more. And as for the lineup, you just need to see more consistency. I mean, we've been seeing them get – two games in this series. We had four hits back-to-back games in the first and second game against the Phillies, and it's just been way too inconsistent. Yeah, the starting rotation is really what needs to step up, but we said this on the last episode. 
the offense also needs to give them some more room for air. Um, scoring four runs as the highest total in this series against a pitching staff that frankly isn't that good uh, is not what you want to see. Gibson, he had been solid for the Rangers so far, but that's about it. Matt Moore had been really bad. And then Aaron Nola had, I mean, he's obviously a really talented pitcher. He's just been a Cy Young finalist a couple of times, received Cy Young votes, hasn't had it all this year. And basically those guys, they all dominated the Padres. That can't be happening. And not to mention the Phillies bullpen. They also did a pretty good job against the Padres. So they got to find a way to be better. And it's not going to get much easier with the Dodgers coming to town. And let's jump into that series because it, of course, has been nothing but straight entertainment. When the Potters and the Dodgers have met this year, the Potters are actually 7-3 and three against the Dodgers on the season. So no matter what the result is of the series, the Potters will still have control of the season series. But ultimately, that doesn't really matter at this point because the Potters are outside of a playoff spot. But the Potters, they only have one probable starter for the series right now, and that is Blake Snell who Jace Tingler said is going to be pitching on Wednesday. And that's not a good thing when you're going up against one of the best teams in baseball, that you only have one probable starter. You don't know what you're going to do on Tuesday. And you're basically hoping the next couple of days for you, Darvish goes well so that he can return on Thursday. Very suboptimal situation. The Potters are in going into the series. And earlier in the year, if you would have told me that we would have swept the Dodgers in that in that one series at home, and that was the last time the Dodgers were in town. I mean, I I would have laughed. I mean, I did not expect to sweep them. And at this point, now that we're out of the playoffs, we can't we can't be losing any series any more coming up soon. But this series, I know we're playing the hot Dodgers who just won nine in a row before losing, as you mentioned earlier, losing to the Mets on Sunday. Probably just have to win two out of three here. I mean, just get some momentum back if. Now that we're out of the playoffs, we can't be afford we can't afford to lose any more series. And I know this will be a tough one with only one starting pitcher definite. And we're going against Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer, so it's just gonna be a tough series. And I know all the favor goes to the Dodgers, but either way, Padres will have to win two out of three. Yeah, they're gonna have to. And I mean, like you, you want to definitely avoid getting swept, but I mean, even if they don't get swept, you're gonna keep your head above water. Uh, and you just got to hope that the Reds who are facing the Milwaukee Brewers who are first place in their division uh, can hold them off. But at the same time, the Reds are also going to try and go out and win their division because I believe they're only they're seven and a half back, which is gettable, but they're going to need to start right now. And with their easy schedule, you have to be able to beat the Brewers. But hopefully the Brewers can help out the Padres this weekend. Like we mentioned, Blake Snell, he's the only probable starter right now in the year. His home and road splits have definitely evened out a little bit but Blake Snell still owns a 2.68 ERA on the season so far. And a lot of that has happened against the Dodgers. He's been very good against the Dodgers this year. He's got an ERA hovering around five so far on the year, but against the Dodgers in three starts, he's a two, three, five ERA in 15 innings with 19 strikeouts. So you like to see Blake Snell continue the success around home and continue the success against the Dodgers. And if they do that, He's going to have a good chance to win for the Padres, but unfortunately they'll be going up against Walker Buehler, who is certainly at this point, a Cy Young finalist uh, he, on the year. He is a 2.11 ERA in 162 innings with 170 strikeouts. He's been really good. We've talked about it for years now, how he's going to be just as good as Clayton Kershaw at some point. And I think he's certainly passed him this year, 
but we've seen it. Walker Bueller, very good against the Padres. It's going to be tough for them to win that game with Blake Snell. And then in the other starts, you got Urias, but that's definitely the easiest game for the Padres offense to go out and win that game. But at the same time, the Padres don't know who they're going to pitch in a bullpen game against the Dodgers is certainly scary because they will take advantage of the pitcher if you don't have it. And then Max Scherzer on Thursday, that's going to be a very upsetting game for Padres fans. Hopefully Padres fans bring a lot of energy. The Padres have done really well against Max Scherzer so far in the year, but that was well over a month ago. And hopefully the Padres fans, you know, they bring like, you know, big FU energy after Max Scherzer and uh, his agent basically said, uh, we want to go to the Dodgers, not the Padres. So it's going to be tough. No other way around it. Yeah, I mean, and looking at each of these pitchers for the Dodgers, I know I said we have one, two out of three, and all Padres fans are going to think the same thing, no matter how good the Dodgers have been and are right now. But, I mean, the guys that are putting out on the mound are just so good. Urias has been pitching amazing his last few starts. He's gotten five innings his last three, but he's allowed two runs total in his last three starts. Walker, 1.69 ERA in the month of August. They've won, they won his last three starts. He's been pitching into the seventh inning and in so many of his starts. I mean, he hasn't gone less than six innings in his last eight starts. So if we can just get to him early, get him to the bullpen, work him hard, that'll be good for the Padres. And he's been getting worked hard. He's been pitching into this seventh, eighth inning. But he's, his, last th- his last four starts, three of them, he's been pitching more than 100 pitches. And he's been dealing, and he's been hot. That's why he's been staying in. But if the Padres, Padres can get to him early, get to the bullpen as soon as possible, that'll be huge for the lineup. And Max Scherzer, I mean, they've won all four of his starts with the Dodgers and we all know how good Max Scherzer is, still one of the best pitchers in baseball. And, I mean, he had a really tough month in July, but once he got traded to the Dodgers, he's probably been turning it up. So those three guys on the mound for the Dodgers this series is going to be a nightmare for the Padres. It will also be Trey Turner's debut with the Dodgers against the Padres. So far in a Dodgers uniform, he's at 352 with a 519 slugging percentage. It's an OPS plus of 147. That just... It hurts. It hurts a lot. He's also going to be a Dodger next year. So that's not going to be fun. You look at the rest of their lineup and they're basically all killing it. And Cody Bellinger has been better of late, but he hasn't been great this year. Mookie Betts supposed to return from the injured list at some point during the series, whether it's early or whether it's later in the series, it seems like it's more going to be later. You look at it, AJ Pollock under the radar, having a great year so far. Justin Turner, we of course know, is having a great year. Corey Seager hitting the ball well like he always does. Chris Taylor was an all-star. We all know how good he is and how consistent he is. Max Muncy having an MVP caliber season. Uh, You'd like to see that Fernando Tatis Jr. is in front of him right now, but Muncy definitely having a great year. And Will Smith is one of the best catchers in the league with Austin Barnes platooning him and uh, helping him give some days off. Matt Beattie, Gavin Lux, a couple of other guys on their bench. Albert Pujols has been a very good bench bat for them, hitting 268 with a 478 slug, 113 OPS plus. There's a good team. No other way around it. The bullpen is their one gettable feature. Uh, they've had a lot of turnover in their bullpen as they've had a ton of injuries out there, a ton of guys that have like struggled. So maybe the Potters can take advantage of the bullpen, but... Kenley Jansen still a good closer. Blake Trinan, Potters fans have seen him a ton, know that he's really good. Uh, Phil Bickford, 
a guy that Padres fans hadn't really seen so far this year. He's a young arm. He's been pitching really well, high velocity fastball. He's got a 1.96 ERA. And then there's a couple of other arms out there. Bruce Dark Ratterall, who Potters fans are familiar with, Victor Gonzalez, Alex Vasilla has been an arm that they've used a lot. It's just a lot of guys that Potters are going to have to deal with. Great takes, Don. That was perfect on the entire Dodgers roster. But this lineup is just so ba- well balanced. There's so many guys in there that can do everything. They have seven guys with double-digit home runs. Max Muncy's having an MVP-type season with 28 home runs. And the Dodgers are still this good, even with, obviously with Cody Bellinger struggling. But this is going to be a tough series. Injuries, they have a few guys injured, but it looks like some of them will be back. Mookie Betts is, as of Sunday night, uh, Dave Roberts said that he could be activated from the 10-day IL list as soon as Thursday. So unlikely we see him for the series, but it's possible. Urias, he's just going to come back from the aisle and start the first game. And Joe Kelly is expected to be activated from the COVID list at the start of the series on Tuesday. So it sounds like those guys will be back. Might not see Mookie in this series, but this will be a, a high-intensity series. And I would love to see just at one point just a walk off on Jansen, see Gratterall blow it in the seventh or eighth inning because I know Padres fans love to see that. We all love to see that. And I just love getting on Gratterall and Jansen, who are great, great pitchers, but this will be a very tough series. The Potters are going to have all hands on deck here. Like you said, they, they need to win two out of three, but I honestly am not expecting that to happen this upcoming series. They lost the series to Arizona, who's the worst team in baseball. But they might not be anymore, actually. Let's take a look at that because I know that the Orioles have been just horrible lately. They've lost, uh, I believe, 18 in a row as of Sunday. Yeah, they've lost 18 in a row, 309 winning percentage. The Diamondbacks are at 336. So they're no longer the worst team in baseball. They now own the title of worst team in the National League, uh, which still isn't a great title, but lost a series to them, got swept by the Rockies, and they got swept by the Phillies, who were horrible entering the series in their last couple of games. So not good for the Padres. And now the Dodgers, one of the hottest teams in baseball, come to town, winning nine of their last 10. And of course, that one loss was on Sunday to the Mets and Marcus Stroman, who is their best pitcher. All right. You got anything else you want to say before we wrap up this podcast? Uh, Just taking a quick look at the Reds. Obviously, I just want to focus on the Padres, winning the games that we can, but Reds are going to have a tough series. They're seven and a half games behind the Brewers for first place, and they will have three games in Milwaukee starting Tuesday. So hopefully they can get swept there, but we're going to have to focus on the Padres winning the series right here. That's all we got. Thank you for tuning in to Dallas Talking Padres. Make sure to find Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMSTERN19, and you can find Bobby at BobbyMurphy2000. Make sure to follow and subscribe to Devil's Talking Padres on your preferred podcast platform that you do not miss a future episode. We thank you all for tuning in. Hang in there tight with the Padres as we all rally around them to hopefully make the playoffs. Go Padres.